0: Local voices, local conversations. NapaBroadcasting.com.
1: Thanks for joining us here at NapaBroadcasting.com. It's hard to even keep track of how many new restaurants have opened in downtown Napa over the past few years. Clearly a lot, and they all seem to be doing well. But no one other than my guests, Michael and Christina Gitvan, have opened three, beginning with Pizza Azzurro and then Norman Rose and now the Atlas Social. They've built a small restaurant empire in downtown Napa. Clearly, they have a lot of faith in the future of downtown. It is my pleasure to welcome Michael and Christina Gitvan to NapaBroadcasting.com. Michael, Christina, thanks so much for joining us. Thank thanks you,
2: Jeff, for, for having, us. having us.
1: It's great to have you here. Michael, uh, did you originally intend to have multiple restaurants downtown, or is this something that just, well, we have one, let's have another, let's have another?
2: Definitely it wasn't the plan. It's the way
1: people do it with kids, generally. Yeah, that's right.
2: Definitely not the plan. You know, I, I think at the time when we opened Azuro in 2001, it was more out of, this was a need for the downtown, and then it just kind of snowballed from there.
1: And talk a little bit about the beginnings, when you opened Azuro originally, and, and where downtown was. It's not, uh, It was not the place that it is today.
2: Correct. Uh, it was on 2nd Street where Grace's Table is now, and it was a, I don't even remember what the name of it, was a cafe when we came in, and they had just abruptly left and left all their stuff in there, and we kind of worked out the deal with Arnold Grossman is the family that owns that building mm-hmm. there. And so we worked out a deal, and it was kind of like we thought that downtown needed – a Kind of a locals hangout pizzeria place, so that's kind of w- w- why we put it there and was it a
1: success from day one? <laughs>
2: Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> we had many conversations about whether we should just pack it in and go off and go back to the you know being the uh, employee
1: and talk a little bit about your background, both of you, how you uh, came to Napa and what you were doing before the restaurants
2: well i'm I moved here from- Vir- Williamsburg, Virginia and worked at Trevenia this what year two that they were open. And back in the day when Michael and Kevin Cronin, and they were all in there working every day, and so I came out here as a line cook. And that really wasn't my first choice, but it was a job. And so when I got here, I worked there for about a year and went to Lark Creek Inn with Bradley Ogden. And that was kind of the goal when I first came out here anyway, and stayed with them for three or four years and kind of ran out of opportunity. And I ran into Michael at an event. Uh, I think it might have been Meals on Wheels and said, Hey, we're growing. I need somebody to come in and run the kitchen. So I ended up back at Trevina. and uh, they offered me a small little partnership slice and which was great they were doing other things. They were had a couple of restaurants in Colorado and Arizona and things like that. And that's where I met Christina there.
1: And Christina, talk a little bit about what brought you to Napa.
0: Um, I grew up in San Francisco and then went to high school in Marin and attended College of a Marin and Academy of Art College in San Francisco. And then I slowly migrated up this way, ended up in St. Helena, and then met Michael at Trevina and... Left Trevenia and was an administrative assistant for Napa Valley Fragrances, where I learned all the bookkeeping and all that, and that was that.
1: And all about fragrances. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly.
1: <laughs> and did you ever think you'd wind up in the re- in the restaurant business?
0: Oh, I I worked at Trevenia as well. Right. So.
1: But certainly not owning restaurants. No, no I never own. thought I would. And talk a little bit about the first restaurant we were talking about, Azuro, in the the Second Street location. How long did it take before it really started to catch on?
2: It was probably on year five. We kind of realized that we had something that was working, and we knew we were getting ready to outgrow that space, and there wasn't going to be really any input from the ownership of the building to kind of bring it, upgrade it. And... Uh, a friend of ours who's a real estate, the commercial real estate person, kind of approached us about this new building that was being built, which is where Zero is now. And we worked out a deal with the Wiseman Company and all of that and moved from 2nd Street to Main Street.
1: And what was that like? What was that move like? It was a little stressful. it's always a danger. There was a little stressful. Follow you to yeah, it was
2: you a little right? stressful because we were timing it and trying to get funding and things like that, and we had already committed to a date, and someone already had co- committed to come into the Second Street space, and so it was a little, there was some anxiety there, <laughs> and but it was pretty cool how people came and followed, and the day we opened, it was lined up around the block mm-hmm. to get in the first night we opened at the new spot, it was pretty neat.
1: And of course, in that intervening five or six years, Napa had continued to change yeah. dramatically.
2: Yeah, yeah, and you, you know, and you can i don't know, lo- the locations you can look at it two different ways you know i just I, fe- I felt like we needed to be able to have a a better space a better th- so we could provide a better product and we just had kind of run out of room and you know we could only have a certain size menu because of the space that we had
1: right that was an interesting dilemma because one of the things we often see with restaurants is that they expand and then they try and do too much they change dramatically they they really start to grow the menu grows everything right. changes and sometimes that doesn't work out too well yeah that's true I
2: mean I, I knew that we could offer another you know couple of items and still not have it get crazy and still be what it was when it first started
0: and we still have a lot of the same original things on the menu that we
2: had
1: at the original spot right and Norman Rose how did that uh,
2: (laughs) 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 it was an it was it's funny because the guys that own that building the CDI uh, crew um, which was right behind the original Azuro I kept running into them and asking them Harry Price and his guys hey I know I know you're doing this new building are you going to do any restaurants and they told me you know no 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 we're not going to do anything and So I would have easily just as soon moved Azuro to that new building. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Would have been great. But it worked out that we moved across town, and then our real estate person came to us and said, hey, they got a spot in that building that they want another restaurant. And so one thing led to another, happened to be on the corner. You know, we like corners, uh, and it worked out. And they were actually a, a pleasure to work with.
1: And how did you decide on the theme for that restaurant? How that was going to be different than, than Azuro? We wanted a place so you could go get a, a good
2: burger. And it was just, I don't know, stuff that we would want to go eat. And same way with Azuro is like where did you go get a good pizza in downtown 15 years ago? really nowhere and so it was just kind of that what we wanted what we thought we wanted to go do we want to go to a place where you can go sit and have it be fun and comfortable and eat a good burger and it was all about the burger
1: (laughs) and talk a little bit about what you saw changing downtown and obviously you had to have a certain amount of faith both in the changes in the local business the changes in the tourism business you had to think about how that was evolving before you uh before you opened Norman well it
2: didn't hurt that the hotel which was the avia at the time right. uh being directly across the street and now the andaz which is probably better because it's a hyatt driven product and you know people know it and uh that just it made sense you know you need you needed we needed that we needed that kind of place that local tavern place uh, somebody was going to do it and so uh it just worked out for us
1: and where did the name come from christina
0: norman is our son's middle name and my mother's maiden name and rose is our daughter cassidy's middle name
1: uh-huh so not that complex. No, and, <laughs> and it
0: was—it's it, the only two names that fit together. The other two kids, it didn't work. So,
2: and we, yeah, we sat around many nights and weekends, like shooting names around of you know old English names and this and that, <laughs> and and all of a sudden, I think it was Christina that so came you were up going
1: with going for kind of a pub, kind yes. of. correct?
2: NBA, right? Kind you know, like and that. we went, you know, and there was all these other we little, had all sorts of stupid names, you know, and, the buzzwords that we were trying to incorporate and. In, and it just all of a sudden it was like, oh, how about Norman Rose? And we're like, that's perfect. And and it and it just and it, then it so happened to be you know names of family. So.
1: And that opened when?
2: That opened 2008. Uh, yeah, December 2008, late late December. No, I'm sorry, 2009.
1: And talk a little bit about how that opened. I mean, we were talking about a zero that it was really about five years before it it kicked in. Norman Rose was was fast.
2: Way faster. I mean, I think for the lack of that kind of restaurant in downtown, people were pretty excited about it. And, yeah, the first month was pretty chaotic. It was a lot of people and uh, almost to the point of overwhelming. You know, you were like every day you were felt bad that you were – not able to get everybody in and there was a long wait and i remember the (laughs) wait, and i remember
1: that if you didn't get there early right and and i'm one of these people one o'clock is my idea of lunchtime but if you didn't get there in those early days at noon
2: it was hard yeah it was it was pretty interesting it was a it was kind of an interesting phenomena that i really can't explain other than the fact that uh, it was something that you know people
1: were pretty excited about what was it like managing at that point two restaurants christina
0: um, I do all the bookkeeping, so it was definitely an additional load for me, but after a while it, it was easy.
1: And for you, Michael, what was it like uh, overseeing both of them?
2: Luckily, we had a good, uh, good core group at Azuro, so when we made the uh, the Norman Rose opening, was, it was a little bit easier because a couple of the people had worked with us at Azuro and kind of transferred over. So the there was some familiarity there with each other and so it made it a little bit easier and you know once you do it once you kinda have purveyors and certain people set up you don't have to go searching for uh, product.
1: Is there a danger in those situations that you're sort of cannibalizing the first one, you're taking all the good people, putting them with the new one and you have a whole uh, host of new issues to resolve?
2: There is a little bit of a danger there but since they're so different that we didn't feel that that was you know something that we really needed to concern be concerned with.
1: And when did you make the decision that a third restaurant was? <laughs> you know, but you're both laughing. <laughs> yeah.
2: I think it was more the fact that
0: we kept walking by Bistro Sabor when it was right. all closed up, and we'd walk by and we go, "God, we got to put a restaurant in there. We need to do it. Someone else is going to do it. It's a great spot." Yeah.
2: Yeah, pretty much. And and once again, you know, we reached out to our real estate person and said, Hey, can we go in there and take a look? And, you know, it was, it was a little more difficult than the previous two, just because of the ownership of that building is not a local person. So it was kind of a challenge and it took a little while to get it rolling, but someone, there was a lot of activity on it. So we kind of had to move on it. And then if we decided that we didn't really want to do it, it was fine, but we kind of, Made the the first step and it worked out and and it turned out.
1: And what was the idea we we talked about that there was no place to get a pizza in in those days? There was no place to get a burger. What was what was the impetus behind this other than somebody needs to put a restaurant in that corner? And yeah, it should be us. I think it was. Well,
2: we did. Uh, we, we went to Spain and we were intrigued by the 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 eating style of the Spaniards and how they ate and when and how kind of loose it was and not yeah. really structured and a lot of standing up and a lot of small bites and moving around. And we kind of just looked at each other and said, you know, we, why can't we do this in in Napa and have it be where you're drawing from all of the cuisines and having it be that sharing kind of experience where you could have something from France or Italy or Spain or anywhere in Asia or America and have it be in one spot.
1: Now, that's a concept that's a little more difficult to sell, to explain. It's not as easy to do the proverbial elevator pitch mm-hmm. about that idea. Talk a little bit about, Christina, how, how you explained it to people. When you described what you wanted to do?
0: We wanted people to share everything and be able to have a bite of this or that. When we go out, we share everything that we eat because we like to taste everything and so that's pretty much what it was we just want people to have fun and taste the food and drink wine and have a good time and
2: be able to have a lot several different tastes of things you know it's not such a structured um, experience where you're going in and having a first course and then an entree and then a dessert it's a couple of little bites of of different flavors
1: and talk about how that's going so far in terms of people adjusting to that and, and really discovering what what it's all about it's only been a, a pretty short time.
2: yeah it's six weeks now and people are pretty receptive to it they did a fabulous job of the the design and the build of it so it's a little more um, sophisticated I guess and so it's drawing a little bit of a different crowd and uh, for the most part people are getting it they, they understand that you know there's Maybe it's two lamb chops on the plate, and if there's four of you, you should probably get one for everybody and have, you know, a couple of bites of that. Or you can move on to a fish dish, or you can go on to some vegetable things. And So we've kind of broken it up by um, category that way.
1: Mm-hmm. And what about wine? Talk about the role. I mean, obviously, we're in Napa, the role wine has played in all three of the restaurants.
2: You know, it's a big deal, you know, and people come to Napa to experience the wine and food experience.
1: But because the restaurants are so different, how different, how you've had to adjust what wines you have, right. and really how. Each you, of them have kind of a up.
2: specific um, mindset as far as the wines go. You know, Zero is definitely, we all of our wine lists are domestic. Other than sparkling wines. You know, obviously we have some sparkling wines here in, in Napa or in in the America. Uh, but we don't do any imported wines other than sparkling wine. Mm-hmm. So we will have a champagne or a Cava or, or Prosecco. But then the rest are all domestic. So Azzurro is definitely more Italian varietals that are grown here. And then Norman Rose is definitely Americana. So it's the Chardonnays and Sauvignon Blancs and Cabernet. And then Atlas is even more global, so all of these crazy varietals that people are growing now. The Spanish, the Italians, the Germans, the Northern Italians, we're we're kind of pulling that for the list there. Mm
1: -hmm. Talk a little bit about the marketing side to all of this. We live in a world in which, I mean, both the world in general and the world of Napa in which celebrity is a big deal, whether it's celebrity chefs or celebrity restaurateurs, etc. You you haven't done a whole lot of that. You haven't gone out there and, and turned yourself into a celebrity, and yet you know you you own three very successful restaurants in downtown Napa. Talk a little bit about that.
0: <clears throat> we don't want to be celebrities. <laughs> yeah. We're I think, just normal. We're normal people. You know, we have kids in school and.
2: I think it's the, uh, the people that live here are, are the ones that we're focusing it towards as we want them to feel comfortable coming in on a regular basis and then they in turn are the ones that are out there being the ambassadors for, for us, so to speak, and telling them, oh, you should go. If you want a burger, you should go here. If you want pizza, you should go there. If you want something a little more fun, go to here. And they're the ones that are kind of spreading the, the word for us without us doing it so much. You know, we do our share of certain things. You know, Mm -hmm. we're pretty active in the the Humane Society, and, we, you know, we help out in the Bottle Rock world and all that stuff. So, you know, we get our name out there that way. But, yeah, we're not, you know, going to do a Lexus presentation or Audi (laughs) or something like that, you know, or, you know, Food and Wine Aspen or Food and Wine South Beach or, you know, it's just not our thing. We're pretty Mm low-key in that regard.
1: And talk a little bit about whether or not there's a fourth or more restaurants to be off Is it something you'd think about
2: if the right uh, opportunity came along? Of course we would probably think about it. Just, you know, we're opportunists, and, you know, if it was the right deal, you know, we would have to give it some thought. I mean, it would require – would, it would be a, a big step in mm. as far as how the the company would operate, and I'm not so sure that we want to – start bringing in other people to do the stuff that we do we would have to have other people that help with the accounting and do all of that stuff you know an operating officer and things like that and so
1: what about restaurants outside of napa
2: maybe Mm -hmm. i mean i think that would be more enticing than doing another one in napa a place that we would like to go to uh you know a city somewhere you know, Idaho right. or Montana or I don't know, but someplace that we like would like to go visit mm-hmm. and have that be an opportunity. Maybe that's an opportunity. Maybe.
1: Of course, the other side of all the growth that's happened in downtown Napa, all the, the new restaurants, all the things that have provided the opportunity for, for you guys, is that there's a lot more competition. There's a lot more restaurants down there, choices that people have. Talk about what you've seen in that regard and how, you know, that that's really the other side of what we were talking about a little while ago.
2: I mean, I personally think it's really good. I mean, that the, the more the merrier, the more people are going to stay in downtown. You know, it seems like Todd Sapolsky's got the, the ball rolling with the town center and that whole retail vacuum that's been around for a long time is going to get filled in and that'll be great. And the more people walking around... As long as we're not stepping on each other's toes as far as, you know, having three pizzerias in a row, you know, on the same street, I think it's great.
1: And although I always say I'm not going to talk about this anymore because it's sort of hopefully fading into history, were you impacted at all by the earthquake?
2: Oh, definitely. You know, nothing structural in either in any of the buildings, which was great, uh, but a lot of inventory and broken plates and, you know, power outages and right. things like that. You know, we were a couple days, couple days at Norman Rose and a couple days at Azuro, closed. We had a couple more things happen at a Norman Rose than at Azuro. Just well, that some, building took a Yeah, lot of that building world. took a it's big okay, hit. Yeah. And then we, pers- or the restaurant had a, a, a very bizarre, like the water heater broke. And so, and it pushed water back down into the gas line. Which was something that nobody had ever seen. None of the the plumbers, the contractors, the PG&E people had never even experienced that ever. They thought we had a broken gas line somewhere, but it actually had forced the water because it was a gas water. Anyway, it was a bizarre thing, so we lost a day there, too. But all in all, could have been a lot
0: worse. We came out pretty lucky. And home, were
2: you... Home, our home was pretty much... Almost nothing.
1: So, what is having three restaurants for both of you, Michael? You first. What What is a typical day like? Do you spend time at all of them? How does that How does that work? With I, do, I do. I try
2: to touch base in all three uh, every day. You know, I we have a parking spot underneath at Norman Rose in that building, so that's kind of the the starting point. And then I, you know, they're all equidistant from each other, so I stop at one and then go to the other and backtrack on my way and I just kind of sense where I need to if I need to stay somewhere during the day longer than others and touch base and make sure there's no uh, pressing issues
1: and Christina are you at I, all of I, the restaurants every day or no I alternate. You have kids to, to worry about as well oh
0: he's old he's 16 he's fine <laughs> um, I alternate I you know I have to hit all of them once or twice during the week
1: mm-hmm.
0: so I go
1: back and forth and know they like children. Do you have favorites? Some days, yes, frustrated yeah, definitely with some, frustrated with one of them <laughs> on other days.
0: Most
2: definitely, you know, on any given day, you can have any one of them. Could be that you're like, "Are you kidding me? We're, we have to. We really have to have that conversation. Are we that really just happened or something like that? Um, you know, the the newborn is always the one that you tend. To, I tend to spend a little bit more time at because just to make sure everything is going okay and that we are. You know, are we doing this right or wrong? And uh, and you always have to adjust. It's like, living, you know, moving into a new house. You have to kind of move stuff around and make sure it, it makes the <laughs> most Yeah, it all works. Right.
1: And how many, Christina, how many employees do you have all told? How many people work for you guys?
0: I think about 130 or 40.
1: Wow. I mean, that makes you one of the larger employers in, uh, in the city of Dallas. Yeah.
0: And, and we're lucky. A lot of them have been with us since the first of Zero.
2: Yeah, we have people that have worked with us since the first of zero, for fifteen years.
1: And the, all three restaurants are open for lunch
2: and dinner. Lunch and dinner
1: all day, eleven
2: thirty until the evening, depending
1: on the day. And are you finding that uh, you have to stay open later? You stay open later in the evening. Is more sort of there's more life on the streets downtown Napa nowadays. We're particularly on weekends.
2: Weekends for sure. We're definitely. Uh, would like to stay. I think all of all the restaurants downtown would love to stay open later if there were people going out and not having it be a situation where you have to wonder if someone's going to cause problems. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but it's be, it would be nice if we could all stay open later and and have everybody be busy.
1: And finally, what would you like to see change or improve or happen in downtown in the city that you think would be good for the restaurant business? In general,
2: I think letting people know that there's plenty of parking and that it's not, you're not always going to get to park right across the street from where you're going. That you might, you know, if you know where the parking is, it, that there's always pretty much parking available instead of saying, oh, there's no parking. And there is parking. And you just have to pick and choose your garage or street parking. Right. And depending on the day and the time and, and, and then walk it's not that far from from, Norm- anywhere, from to anywhere right to from now norman rose know. to the oxbow is really not that far and that's kind of the ends of that side you know that right. length the east west side and then from Missouri to the napa river inn is really not that far either so once you park anywhere in the downtown area it's pretty easy to get around and there's a lot of options and that you can you'll find a, you'll find a seat in a restaurant downtown
0: we often ride our bikes to work because mm-hmm. it's very bike friendly downtown it's great
2: right. yeah that would be another thing He that yeah definitely the bike option is 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 out there
1: and you spend time going to other restaurants to see what what other people are doing of course yeah
2: we definitely like to support the other downtown places because they support us so it's more of a you know that sorority fraternity thing where you're going to support them and hang out and Uh, see what they're doing not that we're trying to steal anything or anybody it's just hey
1: it's fun to see what everybody else is doing right and see how
2: busy they are and you know hopefully they're going to come and do the same for us
1: right michael and christina gitvan pizza zero norman rose and now atlas social i thank you so much for coming and spending some time with us here on napa com. thank you thank you you. wine food talk napa broadcasting.com